Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tim Donnelly here for DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of NASCAR, and it is now live in North Carolina. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime, anywhere, right here in North Carolina with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code 999 and bet $5 will receive $250 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more, with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using code 999 and bet $5 to get $250 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 999. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 8-777-185-543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. 21 plus, North Carolina only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook slash NC. NASCAR is not a sponsor of this promotion and used under license. Stahl gets it, sends it down low to Fogel out in front for Niederreiter, the rebound, they score! Nino Niederreiter on the second chance, knocks it past Lankinen, and the Canes go up 2 to nothing. The Canes put one right on back, and they score! Happy birthday, Warren Fogel! His second of the game puts Carolina back up 3-2. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. After a wild 4-3 Carolina Hurricanes win, different type of weird from Tuesday night. Tuesday night, not a whole lot going on. And in this one, there was a whole lot going on. Way too many scoring chances for Rod Brindamore to be happy about, especially with the play over the last two periods. But every time Carolina needed a play to be made in the offensive zone, it seemed like they came through and made it in the second and third periods because they were not, or at least the third period, they were not great in this game. Obviously, uh, they have uh, uh, just games against Chicago are just odd, obviously. Uh, don't know what it is. Don't know if it's explainable. It's just sort of like life and sports. Don't you know? We are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There is no place like it. Sammy Hanna and company do a great job. So siding, roofing, gutter helmets, windows, entry doors, storm doors, they have it all at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. It was a weird game. As I said at the front, on Tuesday night, there were really not a lot of scoring chances for Chicago at all. Carolina had a few early uh, and maybe some really good chances in the first period. 
but they didn't really materialize into great shots on goal. I could get, again, I just don't remember any Kevin Lankinen saves in the first game, in the Tuesday game. But in this game, there were chances. There were legit scoring chances. Carolina didn't finish a lot of them in the first period. I think they had six or seven high-danger chances in the first. They did get one to go. You'll hear it a little bit later on as Vincent Trocek picked up where he left off. Uh, Trocek has three points since <laughs> uh, in the two games since coming back. Um, but they were just loose with the puck. Uh, there was a soft goal allowed. It was uh, really as Rod Brindamore couldn't be too happy about uh, the way the game was played. Other than the team just kept plugging along and they figure out a way to get two points and they get out of town uh, with those two points. And that's important uh, because the Hurricanes are now coming home for eight games uh, that will start with a pair against the Dallas Stars on Sat- Friday, uh, Saturday night and Sunday. Uh, they have a couple of evening games against the Dallas Stars this weekend. First of eight straight at home. I think it's Dallas and then Florida and then Detroit and then Nashville. I think that's the way it goes. Uh, but uh, they have eight straight at home, which frankly is not probably not a great thing. Anyway, so the first period was good. Could have been better, but they led one nothing. Uh, first five or so minutes of the second period, I thought were uh, were also very good. Maybe not quite that many, but uh, they uh, they get an early goal and make it two nothing. Then they took a couple of penalties, and I thought at that point Chicago kind of started to wrestle control of the game away. But still, Carolina wasn't allowing much. And then there was a soft goal. Uh, It was kind of a sloppy, lazy line change, and James Reimer was drifting, and not only uh, drifting, but sort of drifting back into his net, where if he comes up on top of the crease and is square to the shooter, Dominic Kubelik, who was bothered by Jacob Slavin there, like there's just no way the pucks, there's no room for the puck to get through. It was just, this has been what has plagued Reimer, Otherwise, I thought James was very good tonight. I mean, really good tonight. But that goal was not. And that goal kind of opened the door, made it a one-shot hockey game. Uh, and that was uh, that was difficult. But Carolina, even after Chicago tied it at two early in the second period, third period, a minute later, Warren Fogle did Warren Fogle things on his birthday. That's how we started this. Happy birthday, Warren Fogle. He had two goals. Uh, and then Chicago tied it again at three. And then with 29 seconds left, Jusper Faust, who I thought was outstanding tonight. Absolutely outstanding tonight. The um, Faust, uh, just, who was it? Fogel, Stahl, and Niederreiter was a line. Trocek, Faust, and Svechnikov were a line. Um, I, thought, I thought Carolina had bits and pieces, for the most part, of lines going really well. Uh, I think the stall line was dominant. I think the stall line was their best line. Uh, I didn't think Martin Natchez was consistently good tonight. I think Natchez played uh, some really good stretches, and then there were some really squirrely things. Uh, Andrei Svechnikov was an absolute mess tonight. Uh, I don't know uh, where his game has gone, the consistency in his game. Uh, A couple of nights ago, I thought, like against Tampa, I thought he was outstanding against Tampa. Didn't have much to show for it other than the uh, an assist, I believe. But I thought he was basically top to bottom great. He was okay against Chicago on Tuesday. 
thought he was bad tonight. Maybe I could be wrong, but I, th- I just thought he was just dreadful tonight. There were a couple of good setups, but for the most part, he fought the puck, uh, made bad decisions. I uh, just I was not uh, not in love with with Andre's game, but his two line mates were great. Trocheck and Faust were dynamite. Faust, to me, uh, one of the stars of this game, as was Trocheck, as was Fogel. I thought played one of his best games uh, of the year tonight. Uh, but those two lines, for the most part, were great, and I thought Sebastian Ajo was very good. Uh, and I, I thought it was pretty interesting to see how Jeremy Colleton, the Chicago Blackhawks head coach, broke up his top line of Kane, DeBrinket, and Pew Suter. Uh, basically to get Patrick Kane away from Sebastian Ajo. That's what I think. Uh, because in the first part of the game, before they separated the lines, uh, it almost seemed like they were att- trying to attack Ajo's line. Uh, and Ajo has done a very good job defensively uh, in this uh, this entire season. But his, I think his, he's taken his defensive game to another level. Uh, but after the first period, I thought Carolina, maybe the first 25 minutes, Carolina was hemmed in a bunch. There was puck management issues, uh, but they needed a win and they got it. And it's hard to really complain about uh, a lot of different things. This was not, maybe just Chicago was just one of those teams against which it's never going to go by design. And there are those types of matchups every year. And maybe that's this one this year. Uh, but the Canes got it. They got it in regulation. They got the two points. Board a plane. Get home and see if you can do work against Dallas, who against uh, the Stars this year, the Hurricanes are four for four. So maybe I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a. I, see, to me, that's the matchup that should be hard. I think the Dallas Stars are great, and they just haven't played to that level this year. Remember, they were in the Stanley Cup Finals. They lost to Tampa Bay. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how good, uh, how you know, if Dallas is getting better. Dallas is certainly, uh, they won tonight. They beat Nashville 4-1. I'm just waiting for the Dallas Stars run. I just am. I just think that they're good. All right, now let's uh, let's get to the recap, and we will start it in the first period with Trocek uh, after some really good work by Jesper Foss to keep the zone. Trocek picking up where he left off before their injury. Dougie Hamilton storms into the Chicago zone. Shots blocked by Keith, kept in by the Canes. As a shot by Trocek, they score! Vincent Trocek, welcome back. His second game back in the lineup. And he puts Carolina up 1-0. First of two points for Trocek on the night. His 14th goal is uh, one shy of Sebastian Ajo for the team lead. That's the way the period ended. The only real weird part of the period was Carolina had a power play at the end of the period. In the last maybe 20 seconds, Chicago just dominated and had two or three really good scoring chances. Fortunately, uh, the best one went over the net uh, because, I mean, I don't know if Carolina thought the period was over or not, but they certainly played like it. And you come out in the second period, and uh, Carolina got off to a good start. They just kind of kept doing what they were doing. It was an extension of the first period. Maybe it's, you know, you start the end of the first period on the power play, so you have the puck, you have a little bit of momentum. Uh, and then 222 in, it was supposed to be a pass, uh, but it ended up a goal. Stahl gets it, sends it down low to Fogel out in front for Niederreiter. They rebound, they score! Nino Niederreiter on the second chance, knocks it past Lankinen, and the Canes go up 2 to nothing. 
Yeah, it didn't go to Niederreiter. Never got there. Fogel did say after the game he was trying to get it to Niederreiter, but it, that's not what happened. Uh, I think it went off Duncan Keith and kind of uh, found its way through Lankanen for a 2 nothing game. From that point on, Blackhawks got a couple of power plays and started to get momentum. I don't think they were great on either power play. They were good enough to kind of just turn the game a little bit. And then... Uh, you know, Carolina was kind of not sitting back and not, I mean, they were still, they were still playing okay, but Chicago just got into the game offensively based on those two power plays. And then it was a sloppy line change by Jake Bean or just a slow line change. Got to have a sense of urgency in the second period. Uh, And he kind of left Jacob Slavin out to hung out to dry and it ended up on the stick of Dominic Kubelik. The Canes will go for a full change. A quick pass up to Kubelik. He rolls one in and they score. Dominic Kubelik had a step and a backhander beats James Reimer. And with 439 in the second, Chicago cuts into the Canes lead. It's 2-1. It's 2-0. You have to make that save, James Reimer. Um, Jacob Slavin did a really good job to limit the the options for Dominic Kubelik. So all he had was the backhand, and there wasn't going to be a ton on it. And Reimer was kind of drifting and sliding back rather than be at the top of the crease, get into the full butterfly, and uh, make a challenging save. And frankly, if he had been in better position, it wouldn't have been much of a save. It would have just, the puck would have hit him because there wasn't any room. Uh, But he was back, he was deep in his crease, and it ended up being a goal. 2-1, 2-1, and that gave Chicago life. Uh, it becomes a one-shot hockey game, uh, and that one shot became a tie game, 546 into the third. Doc will come in to free it for Chicago. They'll try to get it to Hagel. Now back to Doc, and it slides through, and they'll score. A rolling puck finds Brandon Hagel, bounces over James Reimer. And the Blackhawks have tied it at two here in the third. Yeah, it was really an unlucky goal in, in terms of the uh, the actual shot because it really wasn't a shot. It was just sort of uh, ricocheting around. Uh, but it was bad puck management in the Kings end. I think the, uh, the initial turnover was Brady Shea and Carolina. Uh, once you give a team, any team, uh, an, an extra opportunity, uh, they're bound to score. So it's now 2-2. One minute later, though, uh, the birthday boy. With a fancy finish. Now the Canes put one right on back in. They score! Happy birthday, Warren Fogle! His second of the game puts Carolina back up 3-2. Nino Niederreiter shoots it. There's a rebound. Uh, Fogle at the side of the goal between his legs. Sharp angle. That was uh, <laughs> fancy, fancy finish. But a good hardworking shift. That, that line obviously was really good. All night, Stahl uh, gets two assists on the night. I thought he was great. Uh, Nino Niederreiter was very good tonight. That line had some chemistry as well. I kind of thought that Rod would shake up the lines going into tonight's game, uh, and he did. He kind of really just flipped McGinn and Niederreiter, but it gave Carolina three uh, scoring lines tonight, uh, and it was good to see Fogle get a couple of goals on his birthday. Three and a half minutes later, uh, good feeling gone. And Mark with it. Leaves it back for Murphy. Deflected, they score! Ryan Strom out in front. Gets the stick to the Ryan Murphy wrister, and it leaks through James Reimer. With 9.36 left in the third, we're tied at three. Yep, 
And not too long after that, there really nothing, uh, nobody, no complaints, just a good play by Strom in front. Uh, the deflection of the Connor Murphy shot. Uh, and uh, we got nine and a half minutes to go, and it's a 3-3 game, and anything's possible. I mean, a 6-6 final uh, or a 6-6 regulation uh, score is probably uh, on the table at that point. Uh, and, I don't know, a few minutes later, the Blackhawks had another unbelievable chance. James Reimer came up big. Patrick Kane coming into Kubelik out in front, and Reimer with his biggest save of the contest stops Kubelik on the redirect with 40 seconds left on the clock here in the third to keep it tied at three. It was unbelievable. Uh, good job by James Reimer there. Uh, and then we get to the final few seconds of the game uh, and another hard-working goal by one of the three stars of the night. Pesci will get to it. He'll hammer it out to Foss, who will leave it for Trocek with speed into the Chicago zone. Trocek shot. It bounces. Langan is down. And they score! Jesper Faust cleans up the rebound on a brilliant chance by Trocek. And the man who says little but does a lot has put Carolina up 4-3 to three with 28.9 seconds left. Yeah, amazing stuff from Jesper Faust tonight. I uh, thought he was outstanding. I thought Trocek was outstanding. And Warren Fogle was my number one star of the night. So uh, good for the Hurricanes. They figured out a way to get a win. It was not a pretty game. Uh, it was entertaining, though, and that's more than we can say for Tuesday's game. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with Alec Campbell. A reminder to follow the Canes Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Give us five stars, and uh, I'll put a little something uh, in petty cash for you, okay? Uh, so uh, thank you very much for hanging out. We'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side on the Canes Corner podcast. My man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath. Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network, and uh, when we talk about Roy Williams every day on the radio, uh, we hang out every day, noon to three. Um, you know, Rod Brindamore said after the game that he, he thought it was it was a lot like Tuesday's game. Um, I, I wish I was sitting next to him because I would have said it was actually nothing like Tuesday's game other than it was just a weird game. Uh, because this was, I mean, it was more entertaining. Tuesday's game was just a terrible hockey game. But I thought tonight's game was at least entertaining. Sloppy as hell. <laughs> the goals were all kind of weird, except for the first goal. I mean, was there a normal goal tonight, other than uh, Trocek's first goal? Um, not really. I mean, I... I don't know how normal you would think the Kubalik goal was the first one that the Hurricanes gave up. Um, I mean, it wasn't really great goaltending on the play. Yeah, that was a normal goal. Was a, I think was you're a, right. It was, it, was a nice, it was a nice play, and it, you know, it's not like that goal doesn't happen. So I feel like that one was fairly normal. But I, it's funny, I actually agree with Rod. I, I found myself uh, at the beginning of the third period when the game was two to one, thinking to myself, this might turn out to be the exact same game, but the Hurricanes will find themselves in the winner's column today, which is the, the weird part about sports. Right. Because one night it happens and 
it's a loss and you're like, ah, uh, uh, and then the next night, the same game happens and it's a win and everybody's cool with it. I think you're um, right. The third period skewed everything. I, I do think that like it, uh, it, it, I don't, I don't understand why the, the these two games have been so weird. Uh, it's, um, I can't tell if it's the, if it's the play or if it's the broadcast, honestly, that's making me feel that way. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of pizzazz. And I mean, I, maybe they're reacting to what's happening on the ice. Obviously they are. Um, but it, it, they've just been kind of grindy games. They had, you know, Chicago Carolina games, this day and age should be a lot more fast paced, Mm -hmm. you know, up and down offensive juggernaut type games. And these last two have been more like Islanders Dallas, which is like watching Virginia play basketball. The Islanders scored eight goals. Uh, (laughs) They did. They doubled up. They doubled up uh, whoever they beat. I can't Washington. Remember. It was four two after yeah. one. I watched the first yeah. part of the first period. It was four two after one. <laughs> Outlier. Outlier to- performance. To- total. But the, the, these two games have just <laughs> been they've just been really weird vibes yeah. to the games. Uh, I'm just having a hard time putting my finger on it. They're, they're, the, the, I thought Tuesday was um was more of a rock fight. I thought, yeah, I thought it, it was tonight was a little more entertaining, but it wasn't that much more entertaining. Well, I may, again, maybe I'm just skewed by the third period because it was all over the place. Uh, like I personally thought that Chicago was the better team in the second period for after the first, say, five minutes. I thought I thought Chicago was the better team for basically the rest of the of the second period. And until the goal, James Reimer was playing, I thought, fantastic. Like Carolina, you know, he didn't. He barely saw the puck in the first period. I mean, I couldn't remember a shot on goal. I know there were three counted, but I couldn't remember a legitimate shot on goal that he saw in the first period. And then Chicago started peppering him, and I thought James was playing really well. And then he let up the soft goal. Um, And you know, I was talking to Trip Tracy actually about this Uh, because when I first saw the play, I'm like. How was there any room for that puck to go uh, far side and not even need the post to go in? So I texted Trip and I said, and I hope he's not going to be mad at me for saying this. I apologize. I'll deny it later. Um, and I said, should James have had that? Because it looked bad to me. And he, he just responded right away, yes. Um, and I And when you look at it, James is sort of drifting back and deeper into his net, which obviously it creates more room. And he was a little bit, uh, again, he was also sliding to the, the near post, which left more room open. I mean, Jacob Slavin did a very good job to limit the options for Kubelik. And all Reimer's got to do is be on top of his crease. And he doesn't even have to make a save. The puck just hits him. Um, but he kind of created the opportunity. Now, it's a great play by Kubali because Slavin is, you know, we, I thought Jacob was great tonight except uh, the failure to clear the puck in the last 20 seconds, which <laughs> led to a couple of scoring chances for Chicago. Um, 
But I just thought from that goal on, man, the Blackhawks were all over Carolina. And I think that kind of translated to the third period, and Carolina was not lucky because they're good. Um, but they capitalized on, you know, the, two of the few opportunities I thought they really got in the third period. I could, but I could be completely misreading the entire game. No, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, there are, you know, different people see things differently. Uh, so, I mean, we should probably leave some room for that, but I just, I mean, this, there were, there were more goals scored in the game. So I think it feels a little different, but they weren't really great goals. Um, so it just, I don't know. I just, the game to me just felt a little blah once again, uh, for the most part. But, and I mean, on the Kubelik goal, like to me, that was all about the pass. I thought the pass great was pass. better than the goal. Oh yeah. The pass was, amazing. I can't even, I don't even know who that kid is. I can't even say his name. Um, oh, uh, Kalanick. Yeah. He's a, he's playing, um, this yeah. was his third NHL game. Yeah, he he was not he was not on the audible pronunciation guide on uh, <laughs> NHL media, so I couldn't find him. Um, Nikash, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Nikash, exactly. Nikash. Um, I was I, I wondered if someone needed to tell the national announcers the other night if they knew that it was actually Nikash. Just ask Rod. <laughs> um. But uh, I, I I thought Reimer was okay. I didn't think he was great. He had some moments, a couple of moments tonight where he made saves and didn't know he was making saves. Yes. Um, notably on Kubelik in the third period, but there was another one yeah. at the beginning of the game too. Yep, there were a few. Um, and then he had then he had his best Alex Nedeljkovic impression at one point where he's just diving out of the net. And I don't know. Lost I his thought, stick. I thought he had a – yeah. Uh, he had a couple of shaky moments. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Uh, I didn't think it was great. But, um, you know, I thought the Hurricanes were okay tonight. I, I, I mean, they just, uh, again, I just think it was a weird, just a weird game. Yeah, sometimes matchups, like, have they played a normal game? Maybe the first game, the only game, actually, against Chicago here in Raleigh. That was a normal hockey game. Of course, Tavo Teravine got hurt in it. Um, but every other game against Chicago this year has been odd to me. And I, I don't. I just yeah. think the the two maybe the two teams just have decided that we're going to play weird games against each other this year. Well, I mean, I think Chicago realized something in the last game. Like, I think they realized that. Carolina is better at what they do than they are at what they do. And that they weren't going to beat Carolina playing their normal game because Carolina does it better. So they changed some things up to make it more of a, of a a muck it up type game. And that's the type of game that Carolina doesn't, they don't, they don't play with a, we've talked about this so many times they don't play with enough physical authority to loosen up teams who try to muck it up with you. So really your best bet is to try to get ahead of the game so that 
Chicago's forced to abandon that strategy. And then suddenly you've gotten them back into the game you want to play, which to me is more fast paced and up and down. Um, Cause that's what was successful for Carolina. Like in the first period last game um, before, before Chicago realized that they weren't going to win that way. Mm-hmm. So teams who realize that about Carolina, I think it's, it's a bugaboo for them. Um, and when they realize also that if they can forecheck Carolina, that they're, they can have some success because I thought also, you know, Carolina's problems are the same problems we've been talking about. It's either lost battles, lost board battles, and, and, you know, loose puck movement in their own zone, not getting pucks out, mm-hmm. uh, being there but not there type stuff in front of the net. And that's basically how Carolina lost the game tonight. Or, I mean, uh, gave up goals tonight. Uh, besides the weird line change one that led to the first Kubelik goal. So, I don't know. Um, again, I, like it was, it was a good, good, solid win for Carolina. Chicago's been kind of a weird thorn for Carolina this year. And... I'm glad that, um, you know, they get to come home and play a few. A lot. <laughs> they yeah, get, a lot. They come home and, and they play one-seventh of the schedule. <laughs> yeah. Eight I mean, straight. I just think that, I, I like, they feel, I mean, I don't know if this is, uh, like, I'm not a huge believer in home ice advantage. Um or home, like, I, I mean, I know that there are some benefits to it. You know, we could talk about these and, you know, but there isn't, there's not really a crowd. Um, so I'm not sure how much influence they have on the referees right now. Um, but it, the thing that there is in, in ice hockey is matchups. And that's where, that's where I think this team in particular is so much more dangerous when they're home because I think Rod Brindamore just has a great feel for that Mm -hmm. type of thing. And he's able to dictate it so much better when they're on home ice. So, um, I think I, I, like, I, I I have a feeling that we're going to see, I don't know. I kind of have a feeling we're going to see the hurricanes reel off a few wins. Well, they, um, if, if they can do that, they'll, they'll, leave this homestand in first place. Um, every team in the Central Division, I'm just looking at the records, every team in the Central Division has a better home record than a road record. Uh, I'm Again, it's it's hard to quantify it because it's such an odd year, and for half the year we had no fans. Now we're getting some fans. Uh, the Canes are 11-1-3 on home ice, which is, uh, which is pretty doggone good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they've been really good there. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess my, my, you know, in, in hockey, the, the, the last change thing I think is a huge deal. Well, I thought like a, a huge, ta- a huge tangible deal. No question. Like, about I don't that. know that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think being, being able to sleep, you know, in your own bed and be around your family and be in your normal routine is a big deal. Like to me, that's a bigger deal than just being able to show up to your home building. Like I don't, 
that that to me isn't isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the other things that come with being at home. I guess is what I'm trying to say. By the way, I also think that part of the reason why Chicago um, looked like the better team in the last say thirty some odd minutes of the game uh, is that Jeremy Colton flipped his lines around. He moved. He broke up uh, the Kane DeBrinket Pugh Suter line. Um, because I think he his goal at the beginning of the game was to try to get that line against Aho, Natchez, and McGinn. And they weren't really having any success. Um, again, I think Sebastian is becoming one of the better defensive centers in the game. Uh, I just think he's his attention to detail defensively has become really good. Uh, and Natchez is a much improved defensive player, although he made some kind of crazy mistakes tonight. Um but the but he, he he eventually changed it. He was basically going back and forth trying that line against Stahl and then trying that line against Aho, and they really weren't getting a lot of traction. That line started to uh, create opportunities when he moved Kane with Carpenter, who was kind of a grinder. Be like putting it's like putting Svechnikov with Martinuk. So but it, but it was working because I thought at that point uh, Kane became more dangerous. It might've been uh carpenter and Hagel along with, uh, with Kane at one point. Uh, but they, yeah, they, they mixed it up and, you know, before the game, Rod mixed the lines up and he created three scoring lines by flipping McGinn and Niederreiter. And because I thought, I thought Niederreiter, uh, stall and Fogel was Carolina's best line tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, Trip and I were, well, Trip mainly was toying with the notion that Niederreiter has been a line driver um, a lot this year because I mean we've we've talked about him. I mean, probably not enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe that may, because he, I mean, he's been a part of the best Hurricanes lines basically for the entire season. Now, I'm not sure that's necessarily the case in terms of being a line driver when he's playing with Ajo and Natchez because those two were just on such a tear right. that uh, I think they were obviously the drivers. But I don't think it's coincidence, at the very least, that Nino has been a part of the most productive lines a lot this year. And, I mean, we've talked a lot about how he, he gets himself in a lot of good spots to, to score goals that just haven't always gone in for him. But I think it's really the other parts of his game that like, it's just a total buy-in from him that I think is allowing him to be more effective this year. But yeah, I liked their line tonight. Um, you know, I liked Trocheck tonight. Yeah. I liked Faust tonight. I thought Foss, Foss got my number one star tonight. Okay, so we have to go through this. So we'll uh, let let's see if we uh, if we marry uh, marry these up. Uh, whip out your stars, Alec, and we'll uh, we'll close. Uh, we'll, so, we'll we'll close. We'll, we'll talk goaltending before we get out of here. But whip out your stars. So I gave Trocheck the third star. I gave Fogel the second star, and I gave Foss the first star. We're very close. I just flipped. Flipped Fogel and Faust. Yeah, I gave I, I kind of gave Faust the Adam Gold special here, only because <laughs> I, I mean I thought he was I I thought he 
first of all, he makes the the defensive play on the first goal yep. where basically keeps the puck in the zone. I mean, he ends up getting an assist on the play, mm-hmm. but I don't even really care about that because he just happened to be a guy that touched the puck before Dougie threw the actual pass. Yeah, correct. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> if he doesn't do that, then, you know, there is no goal there. So, but not that. I mean, he then he set up, he tried setting up a couple of people mm-hmm. who screwed it up. Yep. The Hurricanes had some royal screw ups. I mean, tr- I mean, Nate just absolutely ruined a great chance from Ajo. <laughs> he I mean, he, he just, froze. <laughs> he just, he just, he just took the puck and lit it on fire. Uh, which is like the opposite of, of what we've seen from Natchez recently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Bost set up Trocheck. I mean, so he's setting guys up and then he gets the game winner, obviously, which I felt like he deserved. So that's why I gave him my first start. Uh, I'm not, can't, I will will not try to talk you out of it. I th- the, uh, the setup for Trocheck was Trocheck on the backhand. Uh, and he just yeah. he just jumped his stick. Yeah, it was a great pass. Yeah. Great and, pass from Faust. Uh, I, yeah. I, I thought Trocek picked that up and he threw it in the garbage. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought Jesper was great tonight. I thought Fogel's all around game. I thought Fogel hunted pucks all night long. Uh, it's it was the kind of game. Y- Jesper Faust is exactly what I remember him with the Rangers. He's he's a sneaky. Like, I'm going to say great player, and people are going to go, he's not a great player. Like, he's a sneaky great player. You can play him anywhere. Like, he, he's, got a, he's got a fourth line style game, but he plays bigger than that. And he's great with the puck. He's so good, uh, you know, on the wall with the puck. He doesn't lose those board battles. Uh, he's just such a smart player, too. Um, and he's been a big part, been a huge part of this team. Uh, that was such a great free agent signing. Ha- imagine having that guy on your team for three years for $2 million a year. Um, but the Warren Fogle who played tonight, if he could play like this, I mean, you can't play like this every night, but if he could play like this most nights, he'd make himself a ton of money because he's going to get plenty of opportunities. He's, he's too big. You can't be 6'3", 215 pounds uh, and have pretty good hands. I mean, that goal he scored between his legs, Come on, yeah. He's he's got some ability, so yeah, he does. He just needs to play a heavy game, which he did tonight. Yeah, his problem is he only has one one style of play. Like he he doesn't know how to make up for it on the nights when he doesn't feel like you know playing with his hair on fire, right? And you got to be you got to be real smart to do that, or always play that way. yeah, or always play that way, but like you say, it's it's hard to always play that way because it just takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of energy, and you're just not always going to feel that way when you know every night. So you got to be able to be crafty. Patrick Kane coming in. Um, Warren ain't a crafty guy, I don't think. No, I. I mean, he's just just not. It's just not who he is. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what he does when he's uh, when he's playing like he does tonight. But and he does have that that little bit of extra skill. But man, he's really got to you know run into people for a little while to get going. 
Well, let him let let him keep running into people. Uh, happy birthday, happy twenty fifth birthday to uh, to Warren Fogel. All right, so uh, I will ask you the question that you always seem to ask me. Um, my guess is that we will see Alex Nedeljkovic on Saturday and Peter Morazic on Sunday, and then there are three goaltenders in the mix. Put your Rod Brindamore mask on. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, with the, with the third goaltender. Yeah, who are you playing? Or with the playing time? Uh, I mean, divvy up the playing time I mean, for me. Well, the, the the thing I think we have to keep in mind is that Peter Morozik hasn't played <laughs> right in a while, so part of me is a little hesitant to just simply go straight to a two goaltender situation before Peter gets like a game or two under his belt. Um, but I mean, listen, in the end, like in my head right now, I, I think this is the Peter Ned show. I mean, and I, I like James Reimer. He's a great interview. Good guy to talk to salt of the earth, all those things. Um, and the team has won a lot with him uh, in net, but I don't think he's one of the best three, right? I don't think he's, I don't think he's the one of the best two. Right. So I, I, my, my instinct says that they're going to maybe try to move him. Um, you know, it is an expiring deal. I don't know. Maybe you know more about, you know, what's could be out there for him in terms of who'd be interested in taking him. But um, if they're, if they're going to go with, I mean, otherwise what you putting, you putting Reimer on the taxi squad. Well, they, they'd, they'd have to put him through waivers if they put him on the taxi squad and they would probably lose him. Um, I think there right. would be a market for James Reimer because teams, when we get to the playoffs, teams are going to carry three goalies. You're going to. And that's the one thing where I, if I'm the Hurricanes, I'm not doing anything. I'm not moving him. I'm keeping three yeah. goalies. He's just not going to play three goalies. Um, so, right. Because, so Ned would go to the taxi squad? No, I mean, you could put Ned on the taxi squad, and they might do that just to save a little cap room uh, on days where Ned's not going to start and you just let James be the backup. Um, and maybe that's what they do. Maybe that's what they do with um, to to just create a little bit more cap space in the next few days uh, is put net on the taxi squad. Um, but I mean, to me, until you are comfortable putting Peter Morazic in, you know, two games, three games in a row, then you're rotating your best two goalies, which are assuming Morazic plays reasonably close to the level he was at before he got hurt. It's Morazic and Nedeljkovic. Those are your two best goalies. Um, so I didn't love uh, didn't love Ned's game the other night, but that's fine. He hasn't he has played so many good games in a row. He wasn't going to be uh, spectacular every night. Uh, so I think the first game, I assume he'll play Saturday against Dallas, and I think it will be interesting to watch him play against the Stars. If he plays well against the Stars, then I think the decision is made. Um, the the one thing I will say is. Even though James 
wins a lot of games, and he's now won 14 games in, what, 19 starts this season? It's something like that. I think it's 14 games in 19 starts. That ain't bad. Um, he lets in at least, you know, a soft goal almost every game. And Yeah, and he makes me nervous on, on a lot of them. Yeah. Like, so, I think he gives up a lot of rebounds, and, you know, he has enough of those moments where it's like, he doesn't realize he's made the save. Right. And so it gives me a little pause. So I think, I think you're right. I think it's the Peter Ned show. And if Mrazek demonstrates that he can play, um, you know, two thirds of the game of the games, then that's what Mrazek will do. And Ned will get the other start. Uh, and Ned will just have to adjust. And if Ned doesn't adjust well to playing once every three or even once every four, you know Reimer's capable of doing it. And you can always bring Reimer back. Uh, and that will not hurt them at all. Um, James yeah. is a pro. James understands this is they're trying to win a Stanley Cup. They have a chance. Uh, and we'll see, uh, we'll see how it all works out. But that's how I, that's how I believe it's going to work out. Um, they're not, well, I mean, they're not playing three goalies. No, but also, I mean, we're, we're just assuming that Morazic's going to be back to where he was at the beginning of the season too. Right. I would I mean, not Marazic assume that. Will stink. I would, he could, I would not assume that. That's why I said, as long as he's reasonably close to what he was, mm-hmm. then, then Peter can play two out of every three. If he's just normal, Peter Morazic then they're probably going to be in a situation where they'll just rotate Peter and Nedeljkovic. Right. Which, you know, right. has has worked so far, uh, but you're going to get to the playoffs and somebody's going to have to be the guy. You're not going to rotate goals yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, I'd be cool if they just kept them all around, if they can figure that out. Um, yeah, the hard thing is practice. That's yeah, the hard thing. Cuz even if you're on the even if you're on the taxi squad, you're still practicing. Right. But the hard thing is practice cuz it's hard to keep three goaltenders sharp uh in a given right. practice. Um but right. ultimately that's they're not getting rid of a goaltender. If could you imagine um you know trading Reimer and then Peter pulls a groin muscle? Yeah. And then and, yeah. and what you're left with is either Antoine Bibo or Beck Warm as your backup heading to the playoffs. So they right. that for that reason alone, they can't trade a goaltender. So I don't think they'll trade a goaltender unless unless the, it was nece- a necessity yeah, it, in getting something back. Yeah. So I just I guess I, I just don't understand how that's different than most other years, where you've got two goaltenders and you've got dudes in the minors. Right, but they don't they don't have dudes in the minors right now. No, I know, but how many years do you have dudes in the minors that you rely on at the NHL level? I mean, I mean most years that's the same I mean right. the same fear you would have every year. Right, but but if if you're a team in a playoff race, you're not trading a goaltender, a backup goaltender away. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is how many playoff teams go into a playoff season with three goaltenders that they rely on, well, that they can rely on? I th- Probably more than you think. 
We, we just don't see that third goaltender because they're in the minor leagues. Right. So, I mean. Okay. But, but I, I'll, I would be stunned if they trade traded a goaltender um, unless it was in exchange for something that they needed. Unless it was in exchange for a depth defenseman that they, they I think that they kind of need. So, yeah, I don't think they're trading a goalie. Not there. It wouldn't even if they did. It wouldn't bring back enough for to make that move. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the only thing. What do you get back for Reimer? Probably not a ton. No, not at all. You yeah. might get you might get a uh, you know a, a, some kind of draft pick, a fourth round pick. You know, but yeah, later. A, that's a, it. Later round pick. That's all you'd get is a fourth um, round pick for, uh, get, for Reimer. Yeah. So right. Um. With that said, we figured out the goaltending, Alec. <laughs> Did we? Yeah. Oh, man. We agree. Why don't they just come to us for this? Oh, no. Rod asks me all the time. Just tell, just tell Rod, uh, you know, if you want answers, listen to the Canes Corner podcast. That's all you got to do, Rod. We, we, we have all your answers right here. Um, and by the way, do we have an answer for what plagued Andre Svechnikov tonight? No, he was basically absent. Just I don't even remember hearing his name called. I mean, he's, he was he was awful tonight. I mean, I mean <laughs> what was his ice time? Too many, too much. I don't know what his ice time was. It's too much. He was playing with Trocek and Foss. That those two guys were so good. They carried Svechnikov around all night. He made a couple of nice passes, but uh, he had a hard time with the puck. He had a hard time. Uh, he threw some, he put the puck in bad spots. It was just a mess. It was just a mess. Yeah. Like, Gosh. I mean, I forgot about Svechnikov. I didn't, I haven't said his name until right now. So hopefully he'll be better against Dallas, but we'll see. Uh, see, we got a big weekend ahead, Alec. We got two games. <sighs> yeah, we do. Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> Uh, there went the weekend. I don't have a soccer game, weekend. and I don't have a youth hockey game, but we got two Hurricanes games. Awesome. So I'm not going to leave my house. I'm Perfect. just going to be here. Perfect. Maybe I'll go to one. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I'm. I'm probably staying up here at the ranch. <laughs> yeah. Every time it comes back, it comes around. I'm like, I, I think it was a, one game a week ago or so. Um, or no, not last weekend, but the weekend before. I was like, I think I'm going to go to the game on Saturday. And Saturday came around. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to the game. <laughs> Stay here. Doing it at home. As long as you could do yeah, it. I'm in my, yeah, I'm in my pajamas. Are you? Just doing these games. Very nice. Yeah, it's amazing. Or, you know, I mean, I wear, like, I'm a sweatpants. Sweatpants and t-shirt. Perfect. Guy to bed. So. Very nice. You know, I'm in my sweats. I'm in my, I'm just in sweats. I got... I'm in my slippers. You have slippers? I'm a sli- I'm a house yeah, I'm a house shoe slash slipper guy. I don't I don't generally just do socks. I walk around in house shoes. I got these uh Olukai okay. slippers. You familiar with Olukai? It sound they sound lovely. They sound very Hawaiian to me. They're very nice. Um that you know, they're leather. Um Oh, I know what like you're talking about. Sheep tool. Yeah. I know what it's you're talking about. It's a sheep's wool uh, in, interior, you know. Very nice. Uh, very comfortable. You can wear them even outside a little bit if you want Ooh. to. Uh, so, you know, the, essentially when I'm home, that's that's all I got on. 
Perfect. Sweats and house you're like, shoes. You're like Mr. Rogers. What do you call it? Do you call them slippers? or We always call them house shoes. What do you call them? I don't call them anything. I don't wear them. Um, I, I either, I, I generally, I don't like walking around barefoot or even just yeah. in socks. So I just generally put on a pair of comfortable sneakers that I have around the house. Uh, and I wear those. Yeah. I don't like walking around barefoot. Either. No, not me. I don't like being barefoot outside at all. Ever, ever. So yeah, I don't really like that either nope. very much. Uh, I always, I always have shoes on or some kind of footwear. I yes. got to have something on yeah. or skates. Yeah. Sometimes skis Yeah, or skate. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Right. Skis. right. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> on that note. Good night. <laughs> All right. Later on, man. All right. Bless your heart if you stayed to the end of that. Seriously. Uh, the Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you'll <laughs> you got to go to the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, they've got it all. AluminumCompany.com online. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. Canes win. Tampa won. Florida won. Dallas won. Uh, Carolina still in third place, but games in hand on both the Panthers and Lightning. Two on the Panthers, one on the Lightning. They have, uh, I believe, the best point percentage in the NHL. Uh, they're certainly right there, but there's so little difference between the best teams. Still think Carolina is uh, not quite as good as Tampa or Colorado or Vegas or Washington, uh, although Washington's goaltending has not been great. So maybe there isn't much difference at all between the Canes and the Caps. But I do think that those other three teams uh, are the three best in the sport. Uh, I heard a lot of people thought that uh, Carolina and Tampa are the two best teams uh, on one side, if you will, uh, with Colorado and Vegas. Uh, They say that those four teams are the best team in the NHL. That would be interesting uh, because those are going to be second-round matchups. Barring a crazy upset, Colorado and Vegas will meet in the second round in the West, and the Hurricanes and Lightning will meet in the second round in the East, although I think the Hurricanes will have more trouble with Florida than either Colorado or Vegas will have with Minnesota. St. Louis is completely falling apart. All right, with all of that said, I appreciate your time. Uh, It's the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. We will talk to you after Saturday's Game 1 of the weekend back-to-back with the Dallas Stars. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.